Hello and welcome to Ashurst Corporate Crime and Investigations podcast series, a series where we discuss various aspects of corporate crime and investigations. As part of this podcast series, we'll bring the discussion, debate and insight shared in our 2023 Investigations Focus events. My name is Adam Jameson and I'm a partner in the Dispute Resolution Team, specialising in advising on internal investigations and regulatory investigations. And I'm pleased to be joined today by an illustrious panel Firstly, we've got Tara Waters, a partner, and our first Chief Digital Officer and Head of Ashurst Advanced Digital, the technology arm of our firm. We also have with us Matt Worsfold, a partner in Ashurst Risk Advisory and the Data and Analytics Lead. We're also delighted to be joined today by Charlotte Miller, a Managing Director and the Head of Financial Crime Digital at HSBC. So welcome to all the speakers. We're all very keen to kick off episode three which is about exploring AI use in investigations, from the current landscape, the benefits and risks in the newest technologies, to deployment of data analytics, and how institutions are utilizing these technologies in investigations. So without further ado, perhaps I, I can start um, with you, Tara, and maybe you can just give us a bit of a flavor as to, um, as to what the current landscape's like and what the recent developments have been in relation to AI and investigations. Sure. Well, I think to start the investigation space and perhaps more broadly, the disputes and contentious matters space is an area that's relatively mature in terms of adoption of AI to help support the conduct of that type of work. So there's a long history and, and a long list of well-established and mature vendors who have supported uh, what is historically started out as e-discovery software and e-discovery work streams as we moved from paper-based data rooms and documentation into the digital and virtual world. In the investigation space in particular, uh, we've also seen the use of AI to help understand huge amounts of data, whether that be coming from documents or uh, analyzing and processing transactions happening across the world. So I think it's an area that's relatively mature. We've got a lot of technology providers that service the space, but what's happened probably over the past 12 months has been a re-interest in AI uh, through the uh, launch of generative AI to the public. And that really happened with the launch of ChatGPT and, and OpenAI really bringing generative AI into the forefront, notwithstanding it's actually been around for a few years. So what we've seen is a proliferation of uh, existing vendors as well as new vendors starting to look at this new capability, generative AI, the adoption of large language models alongside existing uh, proven models in the broader machine learning space. And now we're at a place where we're seeing some really interesting developments in terms of how generative AI technologies are effectively supercharging the way that investigations work can be done. Thanks, Tara. I mean, as you say, it's it's such an exciting period because you know there's all these new technological advancements emerging, and whilst obviously we're we're interested in all the opportunities that that can bring, I mean, what do you think are the key risks that need to be mitigated in order for us to to fully utilize AI in investigations? Well, certainly, there's always going to be the common and traditional risks relating to technology more broadly in terms of data security and really understanding exactly how the technology is being implemented, where it lives, what the hosting looks like, and how the data is being moved around. 
certainly in an investigations context, the data that's being looked at is highly sensitive and confidential, and organizations want to be sure that they've got their arms wrapped around all of those security concerns. But perhaps from a more practical perspective, generative AI in particular introduces some new risks that we haven't really had to deal with, with in terms of the other forms of AI that have been commonly used for, you know, several decades, in fact. And I think the main thing being that it's generative AI. This is AI that actually creates, and it's designed to create very human-like, reasonable, rational responses. And it's quite easy if it's implemented in a very simplistic way for the outputs of generative AI technology to look very reasonable and human-like and to be uh, mistaken for a complete response and answer. And that's really where the risks start to come into play, because we really need to make sure that we're using this technology, not as a replacement for humans, but actually to supplement the way humans are doing the investigations work. So that includes making sure that the people that are starting to use technologies that implement generative AI understand the risks, understand how it needs to be used, know that the output is not the finished article, but actually is an input for them to then you know, use their human minds to actually understand what's been surfaced up to try to understand what that means in terms of the investigation and what decisions they need to take. And the risk really is that the people using the technology don't understand that they don't appreciate it and that the technology potentially isn't implemented in a way that allows the workflows that would happen in a more traditional context where those second reviews and human eyes in the loop um, start to fade away and it's really important that structurally the way in which work is done when you're using this type of technology that all of those safeguards remain in place. Matt as the data guru um, how, what are you seeing in terms of how data is being utilized at the moment to enhance the effectiveness and outcomes of investigations? And I guess the second part of that is, and what about AI and how, I, how does AI fit into that picture? Yeah, so, so it's worth noting, I mean, organizations are generating and store massive amount of data more than ever before. And with that comes some amazing opportunities for investigators in terms of being able to build a richer picture uh, over a longer period of time. You know, for example, if an investigation's focusing on the conduct of a particular individual, you can start to piece together the actions, the conversations, the behaviors that are happening over a period of time, which in combination can provide really crucial context for that investigation but it also uh, comes with some challenges uh, for example in sourcing that information so where do you get it from how do you collect it and how do you collect it in a way that upholds the integrity of an investigation but but more crucially where do you focus the efforts when you're looking through that rich data set because really the more data that gets collected you know, the more chance you have of finding the needle, but the more hay there is to sift through. And, and so really it's about um, being able to leverage the vast amounts of data, but also the range of different data sources that may sit in either structured systems or in the unstructured data world. So thinking about emails, chats, messages, texts, uh, images, video, um, for example. Um, organizations are also turning not only to their internal data, but also to to external data sources, so anything that's kind of open source or publicly available, and that could be social media, that could also be company registries, for example, to get, again, more richer pictures of the subjects of investigations. But, but really, the main aim is how do you get the most relevant 
highest priority um, data sets into the hands of investigators to really focus the investigation so that it can be carried out in the most efficient way possible. And that's really where AI comes into play, not only from the ability to be able to analyze those variety of data sources that I mentioned, but also helping um, investigators shift away from what we would term rules-based analytics. So historically, it would be about taking your data set, identifying what to look for. So it could be keywords or standard expressions, and then running those through the data set and reviewing everything that hits off the back of that. Um, it's really about shifting that through the use of AI and ML into more dynamic analysis. So leveraging systems that are able to evolve what they look for, what they deem relevant and, and learn through the course of an investigation. And, and that really relies on leveraging things like more sophisticated natural language processing. Um, for example, being able to identify sentiment in correspondence between parties to provide these risk indicators. Uh, it could be identifying patterns of language that may appear unusual in the context of other communications. And again, that may indicate things like collusion uh, and also being able to map the relationships and interactions um, uh, between actors in a in a conversation. And, and these are all things that really would have been performed manually in the past and that would have increased time would have increased cost it introduces the uh, chance of human error as well and ai is helping us to eliminate a lot of these things um, it's also leveraging things like active learning and that's about again those ai and ml systems learning throughout an ongoing investigation in order to be able to surface what it deems to be relevant information for the purposes of that investigation and many of these platforms are utilizing probabilistic scoring mechanisms which is about not necessarily a binary outcome is this relevant or not but how relevant uh, is that piece of information for that investigation based on what you're looking for uh, and really as investigators proceed through that investigation it's about understanding well what is relevant and feeding that back into the system so that it can learn it can evolve and again start to prioritize what needs to be reviewed and and where really to look um, from an investigator standpoint so the big the big shift um, with these um with AI in the context of an investigation is really the embedding it of it into readily available platforms, um, which many have these natural language processing capabilities built in or have things like pre-built machine learning models that are available um, to be able to be leveraged um, out of the box. And, and really that means then therefore a less reliance on technical data specialists and, and, and really easier access of these technologies and capabilities to investigation teams and, and ultimately um, democratizing this AI capability um, to, 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 to broader stakeholders. Thanks, Matt. Some really exciting developments there for investigators. Charlotte, we're so great to have you um, on the podcast today. We know that you've been involved in utilizing new tech to fundamentally change the bank's core approach to financial crime detection. Could you, could you give us a bit more detail about um, the technology that the bank have been um, utilising in this respect? Yeah, sure. So um, thank you for inviting me first off. Um, so since in, the, in early 2018, HSBC's uh, Group Executive Committee made a commitment to continue to improve our fight against financial crime by investing in bleeding edge technology and, and being at the forefront of its utilisation and deployment across the industry. Um, 
And um, the most significant implementation of that um, has been around the uh, utilization of a product that's called Google AML AI, um, which we built in conjunction with our colleagues at Google Cloud Platform and is now generally available. Um, that is, um, has now replaced uh, traditional rules-based transaction monitoring. So periodic look-back transaction monitoring for over 80% of our global client base now to, to great effect. Um, and uh, we call that our dynamic risk assessment uh, or the DRA. And the DRA essentially is a, uh, at its heart, um, a supervised machine learning model that um, looks at propensity for financial crime risk across our customer base. Uh, given the compute power available to us on cloud, we can sometimes look at up to three years worth of data for certain features or risk indicators, but anywhere between one, 18 months, two years worth of transaction data are standard um, across a full range of, of balanced features to assess that financial crime propensity. Um, a major business transformation as well around that, which I'm sure you'll ask me some more questions about. The um, the the amazing results really are such that compared to when we were running rules-based historical transaction monitoring, um, we've reduced our caseload by between 40 and 60% around the group and our actual realized financial crime risk has increased, increased nearly threefold. So the numbers really speak for themselves um, uh, and, and that crystallized financial crime risk is across a number of topologies and indicators. So we are super excited uh, and do believe that we're the first major bank that has completely removed the use of um, fixed-based binary rules in replace of probabilistic scoring to, to great success. That's really fascinating, um, Charlotte. I mean, I know that the challenges that there have been over the years with fixed-based rule systems and, you know, whether they're too sensitive, whether they're not sensitive enough and um, you know, dealing with the resource issues that can flow from that to ensure that all the alerts are reviewed in a timely manner have, have created lots of lots of challenges. I mean, moving away from that type of system and, and utilizing these these new technologies, how are you overcoming sort of some of the challenges associated with using AI instead in terms of explainability and accuracy? Sure. Well, I think the first thing I'd say, and, and for any organization that um, your listeners may be advising or, or or supporting or even if you're looking at it in your own industry and in your own organizations don't just treat this as a technology change program it's it's a major business transformation program as well you need to look at your control framework you need to look at your culture you need to look at your operating structure you need to look at your training um, alongside implementing the dra We've also completely changed our investigative operating model we knew that we would be vastly reducing uh, false positives and we needed to therefore have less kind of discounting of false positives going on manually to create more propensity for looking at more complicated high priority cases um, to interpret that explainability that comes out of the model. If you think about the volumes of data that I'm talking about for up to three years worth of transaction history for 13 million clients in just HSBC UK, never mind 80% of the HSBC group, that's not data that the human eye and brain can cope with easily. So investing in, in, in data visualizations tools and developing them hand, hand in hand with our investigators has been a really key part of the journey. Um, educating our risk stewards, our risk owners and our regulators into the 
inherent risk-based approach that you're taking whenever you go down a probabilistic technology route rather than a deterministic technology route has been a huge part of what we've been doing for the last three, four years. And uh, it's been a pleasure to be in the leadership seat for that programme. Thanks, Charlotte, for sharing those experiences. I mean, looking ahead to the to the future and and what's coming down the track, which which um, feels strange in a way because we've already seen so many developments so so recently. But if we were to look ahead, Tara, you know, three years, five years down the track, at how AI is being utilised in investigations, what what do you think it looks like? I think we'll definitely see increased use of AI and different types of AI, including generative AI. From a technology perspective, I mentioned there are a number of very mature providers in this space. And what we've seen proliferate over the past six to nine months have been a lot of new providers that have been very quickly able to get up really credible solutions, attacking aspects of the investigations overall workflow, uh, really ably leveraging large language models. So I think we might see a shift in terms of the technology vendor ecosystem and potentially some new winners in that space. Certainly we know the existing vendors are looking to increase their own generative AI capabilities, but the new providers um, are moving quite nimbly. So that's very exciting to see. And it's certainly an area that we at Asherist have been following and trialing some of, some of those new providers. I think also one of the great things that generative AI in particular has brought to the table is the ability to move quickly. So what we're seeing is a number of organizations, including Ashurst, looking at building their own solutions. So we've seen what HSBC has done relatively quickly over the past year with their new solution, partnering with Google. And the access to these large language models, many of which are uh, in general, freely available or available quite easily through APIs and integrations. I think we're hopefully going to see a lot of organizations building their own solutions and not relying solely on third-party vendors, especially when you have considerations around data security, data protection, et cetera, the ability to more quickly uh, leverage one of these LLMs and start to build your own bespoke and purpose-built purpose solutions is definitely increasing. And I think hopefully we're gonna hear over the next few years, a number of other exciting new solutions being created. Thanks, Tara. Well, I'm sure we could have talked about um, about this topic um, for most of the day, but unfortunately that's all we've got time for, um, for this podcast. So many thanks to Charlotte, um, Tara and Matt for joining me on this episode. If any of our listeners want to get in touch with us, then our details are on the Ashurst website at ashurst.com. And if you'd like to learn more, Look out for the next podcast in the series where we'll be exploring global enforcement trends around Up and Horizon Scan. To ensure you don't miss any future episodes, do subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. While you're there, please leave us a rating or a review. We'll appreciate it. Thanks for listening.